Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character -character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. Hey, what's up, Cool Breeze? It is me, I see Robots, and we're back for another super fun, super informative episode of the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. That's the one where we take a look at some of the coolest heroes and villains Marvel Comics has to offer, all through the lens of the seminal guide, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. This week, we're going to be taking a look at one of my personal favorite heroes of all the times in space, a dude that goes by the name of Jason Strongbow, the American Eagle himself, until, until we light this incense right here. Until we bang this gong. We can't move on, but it's been done, so let's get into the fun. Jason Strongbow, the American Eagle, isn't a guy who's appeared in a lot of stories. He's never been an Avenger. He's never been a Defender. He's never been an X-Force. He's never been to the X-Men. He's never been an X-Static. He's never been in the Great Lakes Avengers, even. He's a dude who's out there on his own, hasn't, hasn't had his own comic. He hasn't had a lot of things, but what he does has is one of my favorite stories of all the times and spaces. It's in an episode of uh, Issue rather, of the uh, Thunderbolts, and it is just, it's just a cracking tale. This is, this is after the Civil War. This is when the Registration Act is in effect, which, which means that everybody who has any sort of superpowers has to go and register with the government and work, work for them. This is when Norman Osborn has been placed in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D., which he immediately disbanded and turned into Hammer. Norman Osborn is, of course, the Green Goblin of Spider-Man fame, so he disbands this, makes that and fills it with all sorts of super villains who are going up there and they're beating up guys who are just trying to fight the good fight on the streets. One of these guys is a guy that goes by the name of Jason Strongbow who gets lured into combat with them. I love this episode. I love this issue. Rather, why do I keep calling them episodes? They're issues. I loved this issue when I read it. I've since reread it many a times. We're going to talk about it later in the uh, later in the episode. But first, before we get all that deep into it, let's take a look at some of the uh, the personal details of our guy Jason Strongbow. Personal details, height, weight, and that sort of thing. Jason Strongbow, a.k.a. the American Eagle, his real name is that of Jason Strongbow. His occupation is a tribal leader. His legal status is that he is a United States citizen with no criminal record. His identity, it's secret. Place of birth, Kalijo, Arizona. His marital status is that of a single guy. His known relatives are Ward, his brother, deceased. Group affiliation, none. We already talked about that. Place of residence, base of operations, the Navajo Reservation in Arizona. Official first appearance, Marvel 2-in-1 annual, number uh, 6, 1981. He is 6 feet tall, eyes of brown, hairs of black. He weighs 200 pounds. Very, very tall, very fit-looking chap. Let's, uh, let's get the next part underway. This is the section where in which we will... We'll take a look at his origin. We'll find out, like, how did he get his powers? Where is he from? All these, all, you know, it's basically, basically his life story. Character bio. Like, how did they get their powers and stuff like that? Jason Strongbow, a representative of the Navajo Nation of Native Americans, attempted to stop a mining company from excavating a mountain sacred to the tribe by obtaining a court order. 
Failing in that, he led a peaceful protest group at the mining site. When the night watchman panicked and shot a protester, Strongbow followed him into the mine. There, he discovered that the mining company was in league with Ulysses Claw who sought uranium found in the mine to fortify his sonic powers. Strongbow also discovered his brother, Ward, who did not share his ideas of preserving the tribal grounds, and an argument between them soon led to violence. Like, right from the jump street there, that is all messed up. He goes, he goes to this protest, he's a righteous guy, he wants to do the right thing for his people, wants to do the right thing for the land, and he's just, you know, he's there at this peaceful protest, next thing you know... The cops are busting shots, security guard rather. Let me let me get that straight. The security guard, the undertrained security guards busting shots and somebody ends up getting hit. The dude runs away. Strongbow chases him and then dig this. He gets down in the mine and he sees his brother hanging out with Ulysses Claw, who you might know from the uh the first Black Panther movie. He was he was the dude that was Andy Sorkis. His power is that like he can like shoot sonic uh, sonic beams out of his hand. But in the comics he looks different. He's if I recall, he's like purple. He's like purple and blue. And his hand, I think it's his right hand, is like a... It's like a disc that can shoot like... It's not like a fully... Like a disc. More like a cone. It's like a cone of sorts that can shoot out like these these like sonic beams at people. Very, very deadly. I, I seem to think that he was like a robot or like part robot or something. I'm not... I'm not entirely sure. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to do an episode about this guy at some other point. The, uh, you know, the, the purple suit's kind of silly looking. Like, a lot, a lot of these costumes for superheroes are silly looking, but that's what makes them fun. So, in the movie, like, Circus is more, he's, like, very dapper. He has, like, a vest. He has a cool beard, cool haircut and stuff. It's, it's kind of confusing when you think about, well, there's, like, this purple robot dude, and then there's, like, this, this Andy Circus who looks like a male model in the movie, like a, like a watch model or something, but, uh, yeah, that's who that is. Imagine, like, imagine, like, your bro, your bro, who you know is not really with you. He probably thinks that, like, you know, this mine that they're gonna build, this is gonna be a good idea. Jason, you know, is gonna bring some jobs to the community. Our people, our people are struggling here, and this is gonna give a lot of them work, and he's, uh... You know, he feels it in that direction. Maybe he's like, maybe he's out of work himself, but his brother is a little more, you know, a little more. He wants to just like preserve the community. He wants to preserve the land and he knows how, he knows how devastating like a strip mine run by a supervillain can be to the, to the actual land. So they, they, they have conflicts, but he never, he never imagined that it would lead to like his brother hanging out with a, with a hideous supervillain robot in a, in a cave. Let's, uh, let's move forward and find out like, maybe like a little bit more. During their fight, Claw appeared and blasted the brothers with his sonic blaster, causing a cave. Trapped in the cavern, Jason and his brother were simultaneously bombarded by radiation from an unknown isotope of uranium and the sonic vibrations of Claw. Jason emerged from the cavern with superhuman powers that he attributed more to the great spirit of his tribe than to the mutagenic effects of the radiation bombardment. Ward escaped the cave in early hour and left with Claw for the Savage Land. Jason emerged from the mine and was hailed as a champion of his tribe. Taking the flight of an eagle nearby as an omen, Strongbow fashioned a costumed identity of the American Eagle. There is a lot to unpack there. Like, 
right at the start, the two brothers are fighting. It's like imagine like your fist fighting with your with your brother, and and then all of a sudden like. This guy Claw pops out, and it's important to remember what we just heard is that he fired at the brothers. He didn't like, he didn't like shoot at at Jason trying to save Ward, who was his homie. He in fact shot them both, and they both went flying, and then an avalanche ensued. So that's like, that's like a big uh, indicator about like Claw's actual intentions. You know, he's not really he's not really down with Ward. He probably he probably like walks in the room. These two guys are fighting, and he's like, you know. This is just like a massive nuisance, and you also you got to consider that like that um the security guard who shot the protester he's running around somewhere in in, in all this too. So Claw just like he just gives them the zip zap, and and everything falls in, and um then the two the two escape. Like Ward is still down with Claw, and you gotta you gotta wonder if he if he's like completely down with Claw, or does he feel like things have just gone gone too far for him to go back? It might be. It might be that earlier, before the cave-in and everything, it was like he could, he could theoretically get back with his brother, but then after they're, after they're trapped and he's taking this, this zip-zap from Claw, it's just like he has no choice but to go forward. And I imagine, I imagine when they run into the plane that it's like, it's like a prop plane, like a really, like a really small little, uh, little, um, one propeller, one prop job, and they, they fly off together like uh in the only two seats there's like a, a seat piloting and then there's like a co-pilot and maybe like a small small cargo area in the back where he was where he was planning on putting that ore i have to think that since they escaped in a plane and planes like that these little small planes have a very very slight weight limit that he was gonna he was gonna get the ore and he was gonna ditch ward because the weight of the ore and of ward would probably be too much for them to escape but it is it is what it is and it turned out how it turned out and claws just like oh this guy's jumping in this guy's getting in the plane with me what a what a dork i just shot him with the uh the sonic zip zap but it is it is what it is dude that's just how these things work out sometimes ward didn't know what was going on and then and then you have jason you have jason strongbow and he he when he's down there in the cave you know he gets blasted by these by these rays and these zip zaps and just all this radiation is all over him and it turns out he starts getting super strong he starts feeling his strength he's pumping up he's becoming he's becoming more powerful than he could have ever imagined and he uses his strength to like fight his way up to like dig through the rocks he like makes his way out he's already he's already a little shell shocked from being in an avalanche imagine being in an avalanche imagine being in a cave in you're like you're in a mine then all of a sudden everything's on top of you you have to feel you have to feel like that is it like your life is over but somehow he survives so he has he's a little you know he's a little scrambled from all he's going through and he pops out and the people are just like you did it you defeated claw the mine is collapsed these these are the protesters, mind you. So they're they're happy that the mine has caved in because it's going to slow down Claw's operations. And they see they see Jason coming out. And I bet there's I bet there's some of them that thought that uh, maybe Jason ran in there and like detonated some kind of explosive device to bring down the mine as a as a form protest or whatever. So they're they're cheering him. He's just like he sees the light of the sun. He never thought he would he never thought he would see it again. And then an eagle. An eagle flies overhead. How rare is it to see an eagle? In my life, I have seen one eagle in the wild. I live in California. I saw an eagle once at a state park, and I gotta say, it was a very moving experience seeing this beautiful bird, this white head, this golden beak, just this this monstrous bird with talons like a pterodactyl, and you, you see it. It flies above you. It sends out its cry. It's cry through the air, and he just... He felt like, he felt like, this is it. This is what I meant to do. I am going to become 
the American Eagle, Jason Strongbow, no longer. I'm going to go and I'm going to fight the good fight for my people as the American Eagle. We already know guy's a little, little bit spiritual. He's on the spiritual side. He's into that that whole side of life. And this, the, the sound of the eagle was too much. I've seen him. I didn't get to hear its cry. I only saw its beautiful... It's only its beautiful wingspan, his head. But if, imagine, imagine it flies overhead, it flies over you, and it makes, it makes that cry, and it rings through your ears, and you're already a spiritual guy, and you've gone through this, you've gone through this life-changing experience of being trapped in a cave-in. You never, you never thought you would see it again, and you're also, you're heartbroken. Your brother, he's flown off in a plane with a supervillain who just, who just zapped you with a sonic zip-zap, and it's just. It's too much to handle, man. American Eagle created through the trauma of the cave-in. The trauma of losing his brother. And, of course, some radioactive isotopes. And the cry of the eagle. Let's, uh, let's move forward. There's, there's a little bit more to tell of this tale. Following the national dispute over the Superhuman Registration Act, Jason decided to protest against the act, which got him listed as an enemy combatant. He also designed a new costume with fewer stereotypically Native American attributes, including a leather jacket and a helmet resembling the head and beak of a bald eagle. He attempted to prevent Steel Spider from direct contact with the Thunderbolts by persuading him to ease up on his work as a vigilante. When the two were confronted by the Thunderbolts under Osborne, Jason shot Moonstone with a crossbow bolt. Sepulchre joined Jason and the Steel Spider, and the three were able to defeat the Thunderbolts. In making their escape, the Eagle defeated and crippled Bullseye with ease. After the conflict the Commission on Superhuman Activities cleared him of charges, as his status as a reservation law enforcer made him exempt from the Superhuman Registration Act. Now, right there, we took a massive time jump forward. The the story back then, that was in the day. That was like way back in the day, like the late 80s, kind of in the early 80s even possibly, when we're, when we're in our last bit. That's the 2000s, and in between there, Strongbow didn't pop up a lot. Every once in a while, he was in like, he was in like the uh, contest of champions and things of that sort, and he would, he would like have a team up here and there with somebody, but he mostly... He mostly laid low. He wasn't like the most active superhero. He wasn't really he wasn't really feeling that vibe. And I think that a lot of this has to do with like most of the Marvel stories are being told in New York or even with like the Champions and like the West Coast Avengers. They're being told on the West Coast. And our guy, he was in Arizona. He was in the desert. He was on the tribal land fighting the good fight there. And it could be just a lot of these adventures didn't, they didn't get covered by the media as much as like your Spider-Man swinging through downtown Manhattan. So we'll never know. We'll never know what he was really up to all those years. And then when, then when the superhero registration thing swing in the, in, into full effect after the, after the Civil War, our guy, he was like, you know, this isn't right. This isn't right. I believe in myself. I believe in my personal liberty and my, my right to fight the fight as how I choose to see the fight. I don't think I should be, I don't think I should be forced to join the government. And he didn't want to in any, in any way. So he, he was kind of, you know, out protesting again, like earlier when, when Claw was building a mine on his, on his native land, he was, he was out there fighting the good fight, trying to, you know, do the best that he could for his, for his people and for, for himself. And then it's like, as I recall in the comic, this is one of these comics I've read many, many a times. Somebody comes to him and they go, look, the steel spider 
who you have met. I know that you've met him before. That's another wacky character that we might we might cover in the in the future. Very very wacky opponent of Spider-Man back in the day who later later became a, a babyface, became a good guy. So they come to him and like, you know, Steel Spider's out there and he just beat the heck out of three of our guys. Three members of our tribe were downtown hanging out. Steel Spider came, he jumped them, he beat them. You got to go talk to this guy. You got to get him to stop because also he's going to bring the Thunderbolts down on the, on, on the town. And we don't want these guys anywhere. The Thunderbolts were Osborne's team that was going out there and arresting superheroes. They weren't only arresting them, they were killing them. Earlier, you see, they fought Jack Flagg, who was a, he was a partner of Captain America in the day, a brief partner during the, during kind of like the Nomad era. And they, they broke his back. They broke him back and they left him humbled. And it was, it was that that really, that really affected our guy Jason Strongbow, because then when the fight went down, the Thunderbolts eventually showed up. Obviously, it's a comic book, so the fight went down, and when he got the chance, he broke Bullseye's back. Bullseye's the guy who crippled Jack Flag. Jason Strongbow, feeling the need to do right by his by his former friend, boom, right in the back, broke him, left him humbled. So all that all that came back around, and it it was a big to do. The Thunderbolts were there. Venom was there. Venom bit off the Steel Spider's arm who got arrested. Sepulcher escaped. She's a small character in this. She was applying for a job as a security agent for this company. But then the fight broke off. She jumped in the fight. She's fighting the Thunderbolts. Jason Strongbow's out there fighting the Thunderbolts in his new uniform. It's like, it's like just really cool motorcycle helmet with like an eagle shape. And he's out there just beating guys up. He's such a good fighter. He's so tough that like even... This guy, Bullseye, who has killed Elektra, he crippled Jack Flag. he has defeated so many guys, he couldn't stand up to him. Backbreaker. Snap. Like, this guy's, uh, this guy's Arn Anderson. Backbreaker. The end. It's over. And eventually, of course, you know, Bullseye does come back around in, in the comic book world. They can, they can fix just about anybody's broken limbs, but there are certain characters that kind of hang around and they don't get their limbs fixed because it wouldn't, it wouldn't really work with the story. We're looking at you, Professor X, but, uh... That's that's how that all went down. I just thought this was such a cool story because Jason Strongbow, he was he was reluctant. He didn't even want to go confront this guy at the Steel Spider, but when they told him, you know, he beat up some of the some of the people from from the native land who were just going and hanging out downtown. This might be this might be some kind of case of racial bias. You got to do what you got to do, dude. So he's out there fighting the good fight. Things turned out crazy as they often do. Let's uh Let's jump forward. We have one more little bit, one more uh, little little key data, key pertinent point. Not long after American Eagle resurfaced and accepted a part-time position as an agent of Wakanda, he became one of many superheroes and supervillains summoned by the cosmic force known as the Phoenix Force for a contest to determine its next host. The Phoenix empowered the assembled champions and had them fight each other in trials by combat. American Eagle became one of the contestants who most desired to become the Phoenix, since he wanted to bring power to his people. After emerging victorious from fighting Luke Cage, Jason was pitted against Shanna the She-Devil and Zabu, but lost to them. That right there. That's crazy. So the Phoenix Force is going to be able to go with the winner of a tournament. A bunch of dudes are going to fight it out. The winner gets the Phoenix Force. The Phoenix Force, it's all powerful. You might know it from uh, Jean Grey. You might know it from the the various X-Men movies. It popped up. I think at the very last of all the X-Men movies, it was about, it was about the Phoenix Force. I think that, um, what's her name? Sansa Stark 
had the Phoenix Force. But anyway, they have a tournament. They're fighting. The whole point of this is that our guy Jason Strongbow knocked out Luke Cage. Luke Cage, as you know, is one of the toughest dudes out there. I did a whole episode on Luke Cage very early in the series. Go back and find that. That's that's in the uh, the archives. Go check it out. It's really fun. I love Luke Cage. But our guy Jason Strongbow knocked him in the dirt. Knocked him face first in the dirt with a punch. It's amazing. It's, I, I can't even believe it. That's how, that's how powerful Jason Strongbow is. And I don't know why they're not doing more with this guy. Why are his adventures all, all just not told? I don't... I don't care that they weren't in the big city. I don't care that they're in the desert. I'd like to see what he was up to. But at any at any rate, boom, knocks out Luke Cage. But then he has to fight Shanna the She-Devil and her uh, her prehistoric tiger cat thing, Zabu or Zazu. I know not. I also, I also did an episode on Shanna of the She-Devil. Go check that one out. That's in the archives. You can learn the actual factual name of her uh, prehistoric jungle cat. Because it's evading my mind right now, even though I just heard it 30 seconds ago. But... She defeats him. Somehow, she defeats Strongwell. I don't know. Maybe Shanna's way more overwhelming than I would have ever imagined. I know not. Maybe our guy Jason just didn't want to give a chop to the throat of a beautiful gal. I don't know. It's hard to say. I actually didn't read this one, this actual issue. I only I only read the entry on the online marvelfandom.com for the, for the more current stuff. For the older stuff, I stick to the guide. If it's something a little more current, I'll go there and find it. Very useful site, amazing site, the people who maintain it, legendary, it's awesome, I love it, but at any rate, I can't believe it, Shanna has a victory over him, who has a victory over Luke Cage, so therefore, in some ways, she has a victory over Luke Cage, just goes to show you, you never know how things are going to turn out, that's why you fight the fight, but um, I believe that Echo ended up with the Phoenix Force in the end. I think at some point the tournament was called off and Echo has it, and she's still, she still possesses it in the current day as I record this. I believe that she's a member of the Avengers presently with the power of the Phoenix Force, and she will soon, if not by the time you hear this, I don't know when you're going to hear it. She's going to have a show on Disney+, Plus that's going to be, going to be pretty cool. A little Daredevil spinoff, a little uh, spinoff of Hawkeye. Shout out to Kate Bishop. Shout out to Jeremy Renner. Shout out to Clint Barton and... We did episodes on both. Those are in the archives. You can check those out too. A lot of a lot of fun things back there. Let's um, let's move forward and, and take a little bit of a examination into the powers, the abilities of Jason Strongbow, the American Eagle. Three, four, four. Powers and abilities, like what can they do and such. Alrighty, tidy whitey. Let's look at some of the uh, powers of our guy, Jason Strongbow. He possesses the power of superhuman strength. He can lift about 15 tons. He once held the uh, he held the thing to a draw in an arm wrestling match. That's that's honestly quite an accomplishment. He has superhuman speed. He can move at speeds greater than the finest of all the human athletes. Around around like 65 miles an hour, which is which is incredible. He has superhuman stamina. He can work at, like, peak efficiency for, like, five hours straight. Dude is crazy strong, crazy fast, and also he has, like, he can do it all. El Duran, superhuman durability. His body tissues are somewhat harder and more resistant to physical injury than that of an ordinary person. However, he is far from invulnerable. While he can be injured by weapons composed of conventional materials... He can also withstand impact forces that would severely injure or kill a normal human with little or no injury. So basically, you got to be super powered to give our guy like a black eye. Like when he fought Luke Cage, I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a hematoma on his dome or he had maybe like a little small cut under his eye because that's how strong you got to be to make the uh, make the skin break. He has superhumanly 
acute senses. He has sensory organs that have been fortified by the radiation-induced mutation. Like his namesake, the eagle, he has super keen eyesight. He can see 800 feet away with what normal people can see 20 feet away. His senses of smell, taste, and hearing are three times that of the average person. Basically, he has, like, he has the, uh, Captain America powers. It's like he's been given the super soldier serum, but probably, like, a little bit more. He's also a formidable hand-to-hand combatant. As we know, he beat both Bullseye and Luke Cage in fist fights. He runs under his own power, but he also has a motorcycle as a means of transport weapons. American Eagle carries a crossbow, which fires specifically designed bolts. He has a bolt to which a line of braided fiberglass is connected. This enables him to swing overhead on the, you know, like a, uh, like a zip line or whatever. He has, uh, also some kind of blunted bolts that he can use to, like, knock people out. Like, they don't have a point. They'll just, like, hit you in the face. Cold knock you out. He usually, usually runs, like we just said. Over, over the years, our guy, and this is from, uh, marvelfandom.com. And let's see. Overall, he's made 27 total appearances, and he has eight appearances in various handbooks. That's not, that's not a lot, but I do find him to be a very cool very compelling character that I wish, just kind of wish they would do more with. I'd like to see maybe like a Disney Plus show about Jason Strongbow out there fighting crime, or maybe like a movie, which I don't, which I don't see, but I could see maybe him appearing in like a a Disney Plus show of some sort, maybe as like a side character, but you never know. Maybe he could be end up being a, uh, you know, main movie character. You never know. It seems like they're mining some of the most obscure corners of the Marvel Universe for these various things, so... Anything can happen in the wild and wacky Marvel Universe. Now, let's hop onto the online, and let's let's just, like, take a look and see if there's been any uh, Jason Strongbow slash American Eagle merchandise, which I, I seriously don't think so, but we're gonna, we're gonna take a brief look into that, anywho. Other stuff like, what was their first appearance? Is it valuable? Any cool toys or anything like that? You've got mail. All right, let's see. I have logged on. I've jacked on to the internet. I am in. I have a fiber cable going from the internet into my brain directly. And the first thing you're going to see is the Marvel 2-in-1 Annual Number 6. That came out in 1981. It was him teaming up with the uh, Mighty Thing. This is... This is his first appearance. It is by no means a valuable comic. It cost about $4. Let's see. Here is a Marvel Comics Presents Wolverine's issue number 130, where where he makes an appearance. You can get that for $4.99. Scrolling down, here's another one with American Eagle Avengers 148. He appeared. That's a $8 comic. Overall, his comic appearances aren't like the, uh, they're not burning up the charts. And he doesn't, doesn't have any action figures. But in 1988, he appeared in a card set called Super Top Marvel Bluebacks. These are these were available only overseas, I believe Europe. You can get the card with American Eagle, which features the art from um, the the audio, the official handbook, rather. You can get that for like $7.99. There's one on the online right now. It is it's pretty cool. There's there's not just a lot for our guy, because he hasn't appeared very much. Here's somebody who's asking 75 bucks for the first appearance of American Eagle. There's not even, there's not even any like bootlegs or whatever. Here's a graded, graded uh, number eight up on a category eight, super top Marvel Redback American Eagle. Somebody wants $50 for that. Good, good luck to you, my friend. So there, there you have it. There's just not a lot of the guy out there. But honestly, 
I have the first appearance of the American Eagle. I picked it up at the flea market. I think I got it in a dollar box, and I consider it to be, you know, a potentially decent investment. All it's going to take is for them to decide, you know, maybe we should expand our universe and kind of cover some cool Native American characters. Who do we have already that exist? And they're going to look, and they're going to find Jason Strongbow. And maybe, just maybe, he'll get his own show. You never know. Weirder things have happened, man. Weirder weirder things not a lot not a lot of weirder things but they they definitely have happened so i think that's um that's all you need to know this is uh, about 28 minutes on jason strongbow i honestly felt like this was going to be like a 15 minute episode at the longest i just didn't think there was a lot but when i when i started it it turned out to be a lot of fun so keep following us here audio handbook of the marvel universe we just opened a twitter account it is at marvel handbook on the tweets follow Follow us there. You can shoot messages at me. You can tell me, like, what characters you might want me to take a look at. Check out my other show. It's called World Famous. It's a vanity project about my life, and it's really, it's really great. I gotta say, you can find that at icrobots.com, icrobotsradio, that's I-S-E-E-Robots, all one word, dot com. We also got some other fun shows over there, the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, which is about my guy, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, and it's for... For years, none of them since we used to work at the theater. It's his wild and wacky adventures. We got Geek Fest Rant with Carlos Perone. He covers all kinds of topics, movies, comics, books, all kinds of geeky stuff, and it's all super duper fun. We got a Patreon at supportthereport.com. Tons of fun shows there. We got the Derek Show with uh, our guy Derek talking about Derek. Seems like we got a lot of shows that are named after dudes and about dudes, but that's that's just the way love goes. As they as they say, I'm glad you guys are here with me. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate everything you do. Please, share the tweet. Go find the tweet about this episode and share it so that other people who like Marvel stuff might find it too. And that would that would be super great of you. And uh, I don't know. That's about it. Let's uh, turn the ship off. Let's get ready to fly back into outer space. Until we meet again, make my Marvel. This has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.